on the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. That hot stove, it finally warmed up a little bit. They uh, they were able to get the breaker put in, whatever wasn't working. It finally got going. They filled it up. I can continue with this analogy if you'd like, but I'll, I'll stop right there. Welcome in. It's Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can call, you can text, you can also uh, tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, this this offseason has been an offseason of just not a lot going on. And that's not just the Brewers. Like the, not a lot going on across baseball. There's been a few teams. There's been a few teams that have uh, jumped in. You look at the Padres, uh, the Angels a little bit, uh, the the Yankees a little bit. But for the most part, it's been not a whole lot going on. The Mets a little bit are in there. Finally, the Brewers make a move. Have you been listening to me? And this is not a moment for me to pat myself on the back because, trust me, I get my fair share of things wrong. But if you've been listening to me, One of the things I've consistently said is I feel like the Brewers have at least one fairly big move in them. And I think going and getting Colton Wong would count as a fairly big move. It's not official yet. I'm sure he's got to still uh, pass his physical before the Brewers are able to announce it, but widely reported this past week that Colton Wong is a Brewer. We're going to discuss that on the show tonight. also want to get into, uh, just from a Major League Baseball standpoint, is baseball going to start on time? The Major League Baseball owners are trying to push a little bit of a later start. Now, reportedly, the White House is getting involved in this conversation as well. We'll talk about that coming up uh, later on this hour. Who might the Brewers still target before this offseason is done? And what former Brewer has uh, found themselves a new job? We're going to get into all of that and more on this week's edition of the program. But let's get to this week's edition of Going Deep. Baseball sure does have its ups. Center, way back. Get up. And it's down. Here is a swing and a drive toward left field and deep. Oh, boy. No way. Too high. Too high. It is gone off the reservation. A grand slam home run for Haywood. Too high. He said me too high. Too high. And it comes in many different forms, such as when this happens. And this. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. There's a lot to this game, so we break it down. It's time to go deep on all things baseball. Here's Matt Pauley. The Brewers got better this week. The Brewers clearly got better this week. And they got better in a number of areas with the reported acquisition of Colton Wong. They add another bat into the lineup that is a very solid bat. They add a glove to the middle of the field that is one of the best gloves at their position. You think about that double play tandem now of Colton Wong and Orlando Arcia. That's some exciting stuff. They get a more consistent bat at first base with the move of Keston Hira over there. Now, we can argue, and we'll talk about it later on in the show, just how good of a bat is Keston Hira's at first base. But 
it's a more consistent bat than they had on the roster. No disrespect meant to any other individual that was going to uh, end up playing over at first base, but Keston here is bad is a little bit more consistent. First base defense? Yeah, that's a question. That's a question mark. We don't know how good of a defender here is going to be over at first base. He doesn't have the physical stature of what you normally expect to see from a first baseman. Does that really matter? We'll find out. He's going to have to put some work in. And it's not like this is a thing where at the end of the season last year, they went to him and said, hey, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be playing at first base. you got to work on first base all year. Send him to winter ball and have him uh, work at first base. If they gave him any indication uh, before even recent times, we have not been given that indication. So, yeah, there's there's some question marks in terms of what he is going to be able to do from a defensive standpoint at first base. But he wasn't a great second baseman. And if he's not going to be a great first baseman, with all due respect to where you need to have your best defense, if I've got a choice between a below-average defensive second baseman or a below-average defensive first baseman, I'm going to take the below-average defensive uh, first baseman. And there's a lot of those guys out there, a lot of guys who play first base, and they do so because of what they can do with their bat. So the team got better. The team simply got better. And is there still work to be done? Can the roster still be augmented? Yeah, absolutely it can. But I always believe that the Brewers would make some type of legitimate move to bring somebody in and make this a better team. And I don't know how you can argue that they don't make it a better team. I was having a conversation with somebody on Twitter after the move was announced, and they said that they would just rather trade Keston Hira than have Kira at first base. I don't get it. I don't agree with it. I understand that Hira's numbers don't stand up with the best of the best in terms of big bats at first base across Major League Baseball, but it's still a more consistent bat than you were probably going to get over there. And this is just a move that, again, I think makes the team better. Is there still work to do? Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen at third base. There's certainly some individuals there who have an opportunity to uh, run with it. Maybe even the Brewers bring in somebody else at third base. I think they'll still sign a veteran starting pitcher before all is said and done. But that's a nice move this past week. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Wong doesn't strike out very much. And if there's anything that the Brewers need in that order, it's somebody who's not going to strike out a ton because strikeouts have certainly been an issue for the team. That's this week's edition of Going Deep. would love to hear your thoughts on the acquisition of Colton Wong. Uh, you can do so by calling, texting, or tweeting. Here's how you do it. If you want to call or text, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. It's the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or you can tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Less strikeouts, better second base defense. I think that's a good thing. We'll discuss it next. It's Brewers Weekly. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. So the Brewers get Colton Wong this past week. Again, reported. They have not confirmed the signing. I'm sure he's got to go through his uh, physical, which you would think would be no problem. Two-year deal, uh, third-year option on that deal as well. And the Brewers improve in a lot of areas. They improve second-base defense. They improve with their bat at second base, and they improve uh, their bat at first base as well. Uh, so I think there's a lot of areas that kind of you, you check some boxes off with the acquisition of Colton Wong. I'm not. There's still question marks about this team. 
There are still question marks about this team, uh, but this is one of the first big questions to be answered so far here in the offseason. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. The Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me. At Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's go to Doug in Baraboo who's given us a call. Hey, Doug, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, good evening, Matt. Uh, say, I, I think it's a great acquisition uh, with Wong. You know, he's always been a, a thorn in our side with, with the Cardinals coming to Miller Park, you know, with the 308 batting average and the 885 OPS. And I guess 15% of his home runs of, of his lifetime have been in in Miller Park, but I, I had a question. Uh, I was trying to find out if, it, you know, and has anybody from the Brewers said he would be going? Uh, I'm, I'm getting back to Hira now. I'm getting excited here, but Hira, has anybody said he would be going over? Is that just speculation? And if so, did you see anywhere where he Hira has ever played uh, first base, like in high school or college or, or the minors uh, or any at any time? Yeah, so the Brewers can't comment on here yet, or excuse me, on on this move yet because it's not officially done. Um, look, everybody's saying that it's going to be here over to first, and the uh, the Brewers did before this move was made. David Stearns was quoted as saying that if they needed to move Keston here to first, that is something they could do. Now that's. All the times beforehand, whenever you've heard him talk, the idea of him moving to first base has never been something that they've even acknowledged. So clearly, they were deep into negotiations with Wong when Stearns made those comments. So it's, I do think it's a uh, it's a safe bet. I'm looking at his numbers right now to see he between I don't I can't speak to high school Doug, but I can speak to his uh, college baseball at UC Irvine. Uh, I can speak to. Uh, what he did in the West Coast League, I think that's summer collegiate baseball. Uh, he has never uh-huh. appeared at first base. Okay, yeah, that's 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 what I thought. Hey, speaking of his college, on a lighter note, the the University of California, Irvine, they're the ant eaters. Yeah, that's a weird that's a weird name. Anyway. Yeah, look, that's fun. It looks like we're solidifying the infield. We get the third baseman uh, and, the, and the nice guy you talked to last week. Uh, you know, maybe maybe he'll be the, the guy at third. Yeah, maybe. I appreciate the phone call, Doug. And for those who were uh, weren't sure what Doug was referencing, last week we had Daniel Robertson on the program. He's one of the, the newest brewers. And, um Look, he's a question mark at third base, and there's no his overall career numbers don't tell you that he's going to come in and be the everyday third baseman. I love his attitude, and he's somebody I like. I like guys who at one point were top level prospects because they don't become top level prospects for no reason. And Robertson, when he was coming up, he was a top-level prospect. He has not uh, played to that level yet at the at the major league level. But there are guys who are his age. They're in the late 20s. He's 27, 28, something like that. There are guys who have those breakthroughs at that age, right? They're in the late 20s. For whatever reason, they're late bloomers. And I think more often than not, when you have those late bloomers, guys who are able to kind of stick around and then finally break through, it's the guys who at one point in time were the the top-level prospects. And for whatever reason, that star faded a little bit. From a Brewer standpoint, it would be fantastic if that happens with uh, with Robertson, 
Uh, is there a chance that they still go out and make another move? Robert Murray, uh, baseball insider, used to cover the Brewers for uh, The Athletic. He tweeted out just a little while ago, uh, Brewers still in play for free agent third baseman Justin Turner, even after agreeing to deal with Colton Wong. Most view the Dodgers as the favorite for Turner, but the Brewers are interested. That's not. I wouldn't be super optimistic about that, because it, when it's the Brewers and the Dodgers, we we know which one of those teams has the ability to spend more money. Where the Brewers are able to sign guys, and it's the same way uh, they got Yasmani Grandolf a few years back. It's when the market is not there for somebody, and then they want to come to Milwaukee on a one-year deal where they'll make a little bit more money than what they were going to make anywhere else and try to reset the market for them going into the next year. If, if Turner has that exact same attitude and the Dodgers are still interested in him, can the Brewers actually offer him a little bit more money than the Dodgers to get that one-year deal, or does he go back to the Dodgers on a one-year deal for for whatever they're going to offer and try again? I do think it's interesting that Colton Wong signed the two-year deal. And if I was a if I was somebody on the free agent market who was young enough right now that uh, I, I I still had an opportunity to go cash in at some point, I think I'd probably just rather get a two-year contract as well because not only is this offseason a really tough offseason, next offseason has the potential to be incredibly tough because of the collective bargaining agreement and just everything's going to be up in the air. So from Wong's perspective, hopefully for his, from him, he's not back onto the market until things start to kind of uh, normalize and stabilize once again. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Yankinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. It's Brewers Weekly. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Line drive into center of base hit. That's going to score Weeders as Wong is going to have at least a double. And now the throw to third, not in time. Colton Wong ends up tripling into left center field. And the St. Louis Cardinals lead 3-0 in the second inning against Lindblom and the Brewers. So, Greg, did you do like a deep dive on all of our highlights, finding uh, any Colton Wong highlight that was available? So, I had to siphon through. However... As Doug from Baraboo alluded to, uh, it's not that hard to find Colton Wong highlights when they, the Cardinals play the Brewers. That was against Josh Limblow. He's like the only guy who, he's not just the only Cardinal, he's like the only guy in the history of mankind as far as this past season goes that had any success against uh, against Devin Williams too. Yeah, I'm going to try to find something where he's up against Williams. If not, there's, again, plenty of Wong highlights to choose from. I'm going to go defensively next segment, so keep that in mind. Oh, okay. Okay, we're looking for Should we just break right now so we can hear that soon? No, not yet. Not I yet. I kid. I kid. Um, let's get to a couple text messages. If you want to get in here, you can do so uh, on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Uh, Mike in Colorado. 
I am very excited to have Colton Wong as a brewer. Last season, he had a couple big hits and plays against Milwaukee and over the recent years, as I recall. That's what we just referenced. Uh, he said, I think he hits better in, uh, he calls it Miller Park. It's not Miller. And then he puts in uh, AmFam in the uh, parentheses. Nice job, Mike. Uh, so what happens with Keston Hero? What about uh, Urias? Can he play third? So I I do think Keston Hero goes to first base. I, I absolutely do. I would be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked if he goes anywhere but first base because you just can't do it. Colton Wong doesn't play any position but second. I don't think you're going to ask Colton Wong to go over and like play third base. That's just not going to happen. He's a gold glove second baseman. He's won two gold gloves at second base. You're not going to ask Keston here to go play third base. He's got that arm. You don't want him making that long throw. Uh, just in terms of him surviving the because if you don't know he had a, he had an arm issue uh, that he dealt with in college in fact his last year at college he only was a designated hitter he only hit he never played in the field uh, because he's got a, an issue that could go bad at any moment if it goes bad he's going to need surgery so there is some benefit to him being over at first base because it will limit the amount of throws but right now the short throw from second is about all you want from from Keston Hira Again, third base is a question, and I, Luis Arias absolutely can play third base. Uh, we talked to Daniel Robertson last week. Maybe they still make a move. That's the if you want to look at a, a like a positional area right now where there's still the biggest question mark. It's clearly third base, and they have candidates on the roster. And I think it's worth mentioning, like. We do the thing. Like baseball fans do this. And I'm not trying – if you do this, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm just saying it's not the way the Brewers do things. Uh, because I do the same thing as well. Like You, you hear first baseman. You go, ah, can, can he hit 30 home runs? Can he drive in 100? Uh, you, you, you think middle infielder. Okay, can that guy get on base? Can he be at the top of the order? Can he hit for average? All right, we, we, we designate different types of production at the plate based upon – the position in which they play. And, you know, you got a third baseman, you want a guy that's got a little bit of power, right? That That's generally what you think. That's not how the Brewers think. The Brewers don't think that way. The Brewers think that we need X amount of production, and we don't care how it is uh, divvied out. Maybe you got a second baseman hits a few more home runs, but you got a third baseman that hits a few less. Like that's the that's the example. They don't they don't say okay, we got to fill this position with a guy who does this because he plays that position. They say we have to field a team that can produce X amount of this, 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 and this, and they go from there. That was part of the conversation last year. And look, we we don't have to relitigate last year's off season. Last year's off season was not a big success. Uh, a lot of the, the players that they brought in did not work out last year, whether it was a Justin Smoke, whether it was an Eric Sogar. Like those, those guys did not perform to the level in which the organization expected them to perform. But specifically with like an Eric Sogard, who going into the year looked like he was going to be a guy who was going to, who knows, he, he, he was competing for like an everyday third baseman kind of job. Well, can you put in Eric Sogard at third when he doesn't hit the home runs, when he doesn't produce the way you want to produce from a from a normal third baseman? And the Brewers would tell you that doesn't matter as long as the entire team, the entire roster, when you put it into a pot and, and, and you pour it out, the whatever you're pouring out has enough production ac- across the board. So we can sit here. That, that's a long answer, Mike, to can, can Luis Arias play over at third. He can. We don't think of him like we as just conventional baseball people 
don't really think of him as fitting the, the hitting profile of a third baseman. But I think the Brewers will tell you that doesn't matter as much to them as it might matter to other organizations. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. the Ankenet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauley on air, as we continue to discuss the Colton Wong acquisition by the Brewers. They are in the process of signing him. They have not made the move official quite yet, but all indications are that he is going to be a Brewer this upcoming season. Back with more in a moment. More Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Pitch home. Ground ball towards the middle. Gloved by Wong. A flip to DeYoung. Wow, what a play. He just saved a run from scoring the backhand with the flip to Paul DeYoung covering the second base bag. And Kim and the Cardinals escape the bottom of the sixth. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's the Ankeny Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can tweet into the program as well. We continue to discuss Colton Wong becoming a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. Mitch and Sturgeon Bay texting in. Matt, are you surprised the Brewers would spend that much for a second baseman? How long have you been convinced Hira would not be the second baseman in 2021? Uh, no, I'm not shocked they would spend that kind of money. And actually, so the option he had with the Cardinals was, I believe, for $12 million, if I remember correctly. And they turned down the $12 million option. And I think it was mostly shock that they did that. I can tell you Cardinals fans at the time were not happy. Now, if somebody at the time would have told a Cardinal fan, hey, this move is going to be made, and oh yeah, by the way, you're going to get Nolan Arenado in a few months, and the Rockies are going to send $50 million along with them. At that point, Cardinal fans may have been a little bit more understanding of uh, them not spending the $12 million on Colton Wong, but that's what his option was, and I think most people around baseball thought that the $12 million for one year on Wong was a very reasonable number, and there was a little bit of surprise that they didn't pick up that option and they still had to pay him a million dollars to to go away by not uh, picking up that option so the deal as has been reported uh for wong this is uh, i believe it's uh let's see ken rosenthal had the uh, contract details again nothing's official yet two years worth 18 million dollars and then there is an a third year option that could take the contract to a total value of 26 million dollars if they pick up that uh, that third year option so what that third year option would be worth i'm doing quick math eight million dollars uh but he's gonna make nine million dollars a year or, or a total of 18 million dollars over the first two years however that ends up being uh spread out between between the two years i think that's a pretty good deal i do you got a you got a gold glove second baseman who um who has got a pretty solid bat and you're paying him nine million dollars I, I think that's a good move and i think more importantly it's about what he does for your club and the needs of your club. The Brewers need more guys that don't strike out. Colton Wong doesn't strike out. The Brewers could use an improvement in second base defense. I think Keston Hero is getting better. Uh, I, I think he would have continued to get better. And he might not be done at second base. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Uh, but his defense still did leave a little something to be desired. He was not a top-tier defensive second baseman. And at times, that did cause issues. So now, 
that goes away. So now they're not just spending nine million dollars a year on Colton Wong specifically. They're they're spending nine million dollars a year to have a guy in the lineup that doesn't strike out and spending nine million dollars a year to shore up second base defense. I think that's that's important and that's a that's a good allocation of money in in my opinion. Uh, how long have I been convinced that Keston Hero would not be the second baseman in 2021? Uh, Greg, what time did the did the Colton Wong news come down yesterday? Was it like three o'clock in the afternoon? Oh yes, yeah, sometime in the I want to say earlier than three. Um, let's see. Here's a John Heyman tweet in talks with the Brewers, and I timestamp it at 12:35. So it could have been any longer than that. Any longer? Yeah, I think after maybe that. one one thirty. Yeah. That, I have been convinced that Keston Hero was not going to be the Brewers' second baseman since one thirty yesterday afternoon. Uh, that that's the point I'm trying to make here. Like, I I'd, uh, I'd, I'd read the quotes from David Stearns where he said that it, there was a possibility that Hero could move over to first base. I um I, I to be perfectly honest with you, I, I didn't put a lot of stock in that at, at that moment. I should have because now we see what happened, and now maybe those words were kind of telegraphing a move that was going to happen. But I, I didn't put a whole lot into that at that moment in time. So no, I never, I didn't see this coming. But now that it's here, it's good, and I, I like the fact. I like the fact that the Brewers are willing to. I don't want to use the term think outside the box because I think that's a really cliche term. But I, I like the – this is the same organization that when they acquired Mike Moustakis a couple years ago midseason, what'd they do? Hey, Travis Shaw, go play second base. We're going to teach you how to play second base. Middle of the season, middle of a pennant race. Yeah, we're going to teach you how to play second base because we think it's going to make the team better. So they're not afraid to do things that are a little bit wacky, that are a little bit different. Hey, we're going to go – we're going to start Brandon Woodruff. We're going to have throw, throw to a guy in a playoff game just to get the other team to set up their, their lineup, and then we're going to switch handedness of the pitcher. Like, stuff like that. Where can you find an advantage? You made the team better by getting Colton Wong. Now you got to put all the pieces together. And the piece that makes sense is Keston here going to first. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. It's the Ankinet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air. We are going to uh, shift gears because we want to talk about whether or not the baseball season is going to be starting on time. That became a bit more of a question this past week. Right now it still looks like it probably will, but it certainly is not guaranteed. We'll get into that coming up next. But the thing, the thing is, is... Uh... You don't know how to play first base. Scott? That's right. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, Wash. It's incredibly hard. Hey, anything worth doing is, and we're going to teach you. More Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley coming up on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. The 1-1 pitch. This is lined into left and down for a base hit. Edmonds going to score. Bader's around third. He's going to score. It's 7-0 Cardinals. Fowler stops at second. Both of those runs charge to Faria. And the sixth inning has been a troublesome inning so far for the crew. You're having too much fun with Cardinals highlights. Yeah. Even though it's Colton Wong. Yeah, I'm kind of conflicted that, you know, it's Cardinals highlights. But they'll be for Brewers highlights just shortly. Very, very soon. Maybe just edit it down to, here's the pitch. That's a hit. Done. We don't need to know that the Cardinals <laughs> just scored two runs. We're, we're good. 
It's Brewers Weekly here on uh, WTMJ. We're going to shift gears a little bit. It was a it was a weird week with some things from Major League Baseball. A lot, I mean, it's a weird world right now. But it was a weird week. So the Major League Baseball owners offered to the players a deal where they would play 156 games instead of the 162, or 154, 154 instead of the 162, so eight less games. They would still get paid their full 162-game salary. Uh, They would start the season a month late. They would go a week longer. There'd be a bunch of doubleheaders in there. There'd be the expanded playoffs, and there'd be the universal DH. That's the... Those are the bullet points right there. Those are the most important things. So, from a very uh, surface-level standpoint, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, why wouldn't the players go with that? They're still getting paid their full salary for 162. Yeah, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You start the season a month late. Yeah, they got to play a few doubleheaders to get the expanded playoff, but it's fine. Well, why Why would you not do that? What, what are the players losing? And I think a lot of people heard when the players turned that down, that it was just players are being contentious for no reason, and, and that uh, they were just they were saying no, but there was they were only saying no because it was coming from the owners. And with all due respect to anybody who has that take, I think it's a lazy take because I think there's a lot of nuance to this. First off, like nobody's, it's not a benefit to the players to play eight less games and still get salary for 162 games. That's not like a boondoggle. Like no, no player is gonna call home and be like, "Guess what? I only have to play 154 games this year, and I'm still gonna get my 162 game salary." Man, we pulled one over on the owners. Like it's just, it that's really not that much of an incentive. It's just not. It's it's a handful less games. All right, so they're not really giving anything to the uh, to to the players from that point. Players are worried, and I think rightfully so. Players are worried about the expanded playoff because I think there's a feeling that you have the expanded playoff, the barrier to entry to get into the playoff could result in owners spending even less money on players. I think there's something to be said for that. If you're an owner and you're really pinching pennies right now, and but you still want to be a playoff team, but all of a sudden it's a lot easier to get into the playoffs, maybe you don't offer out that next big contract that you were thinking about offering out. And there is whether that would actually happen or not happen, there is so much distrust right now between players and owners that the players absolutely go to that line of thought. But here's the most important thing here. When you're negotiating, you can negotiate for in two ways. Negotiate in a way where each side gets something, or negotiate in a way where each side gives a little something up. And if you're the players and you agree to the expanded playoff, what you just did was you gave tens of millions of dollars to the major league owners. That's how much the, the playoffs are worth. And because of the, the extra national TV money, everything that goes along with it. If you give them the expanded playoff, you are giving them tens of millions of dollars. I don't think it's a good faith situation where you just give that to them. What are you really getting back in that situation? I think if the owners 
would have come to the players. And I guess we don't really know what all was in the proposal. There have been some reports out there. Um, but if if the if the owners go and say, 154, you get paid for 162, we're going to have a bunch of doubleheaders, we're going to do universal DH, and we're going to do expanded playoff, and we're going to give you half of the extra run, uh, revenue from expanded playoff. I think the owners, the, the players, just jump at that right away. As far as I know, a a like a legit revenue share on the expanded playoff was never offered. So if you're the players and you have seen salaries across Major League Baseball drop, now I think it's three straight years. Why are you going to do something? That's just going to put all that money back into owners' pockets. So if you want to do that, if you're the owners and you want to do that, and you really think you need to start the season late because of public health reasons, then the answer is a revenue share when it comes to the expanded playoff. And if you don't offer a revenue share of some sort, it's just not going to happen. The White House has gotten involved. The White House wants Major League Baseball to start a month late. I I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know when Major League Baseball is going to start. But I can tell you the proposal that the owners gave to the players was a non-starter. Now, the players didn't didn't respond, didn't do a counteroffer. I don't like that. If, if the owners want to start the season, the, just do what I just said. Send back that exact same offer, but then include half the playoff revenue from the expanded playoff. And then put it back on the owners and see what they have to say at that point. And uh, so not giving a counteroffer, I would have rather have seen them do that. A former brewer has a new home. We'll tell you who that is and wrap things up next. It's Brewers Weekly. Catch more Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. W277-CV and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Starting to wrap things up here on Brewers Weekly. The Brewers announced their non-roster invitees for uh, spring training. So guys who are not on the 40-man roster. A lot of prospects in here. Here's the list. Uh, pitcher Clayton Andrews. Pitcher Aaron Ashby. I'm excited about Ashby. I think he might uh, turn into something. Zach Brown. Uh, Jake Cousins. Outfielder uh, Dylan Cousins. Not related. Third baseman Zach Green. Uh, pitcher Blaine Hardy. He had previously been announced. Gained the invite to uh, spring training. Catcher Peyton Henry. Pitcher Thomas Jenkins. Uh, Tristan Lutz. An outfielder. Hobie Milner. Garrett Mitchell. Jace Peterson. Pablo Reyes. That had been previously announced. Miguel Sanchez. Ethan Small. Quentin Torres Costa. And Bryce Terranks. Some of the top prospects in the org organization uh, going to be part of Major League Spring Training. I can tell you that's always a big deal. I remember when I was working in minor league baseball, um, guys would tell me that one of the one of the best things, one of the most exciting things for them coming up was that first year that they got to be a part of uh, Major League Spring Training. So kudos to uh, those guys. Not, some of them have been there before, but for some of them, it's going to be that first opportunity. Also, old friend, former Brewer, Jonathan Lucroy, he has a new job. He has signed a minor league contract with an invite to Major League Spring Training with the Chicago White Sox. Last year, he was with Boston, kind of. He appeared in one game 
He served as an eighth-inning defensive replacement on opening day last year. In 2019, he hit 232 with eight home runs, 36 RBIs, and 101 games between the Angels and the Cubs. Yes, Monty Grandall, the starter there, so a couple uh, former Brewers uh, backstops uh, with the uh, with the White Sox. He'll have some competition for that job. Zach Collins, a first-round pick in 2016, may have the inside track for that job as it sits right now. Okay, that is going to do it for uh, this edition of the program. This was fun. Thanks to everybody for uh, getting involved. Who knows? Knows what's going to happen before uh, next week. We look forward to talking to you again real soon for another edition of Brewers Weekly. You've been listening to Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ.